Right today we have Eric Anders. He's coming on before this fight at UFC 289. Let's get right to the video. All right, well, Eric, you kind of got a little different um, background, I guess, than most of the UFC fighters. You played football in college. Before that, um, you won a national championship in 2010. Can you kind of talk about that game? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, for me, that, that game was a must-win for me because I'm from Texas. Texas was a school I wanted to go to out of high school. Didn't get a look. And... Uh, yeah, I knew every time I'd go back home, like, even now when I go back home, people still talk about that game. So I'm glad that, that we won because if we would have lost, you know, they'd be talking shit. So now they really don't have much to say other than, you know, they, you know, they just talk about the game and whatnot. So, you yeah. know, it's, uh, like I said, I'm happy we won. Yeah, and you can talk the shit the rest of your life. Um, you know, yeah. your coach was Nick Saban. Do you still keep in touch with him at all? Um, every now and again, you know, he's a super busy guy, you know, if he's not coaching or putting plays together and stuff, he's out there recruiting. So, you know, um, it, you know, especially that recruiting stuff with that, uh, NIL stuff, it, uh, makes the, the, the recruiting much more competitive. So he's a busy guy. Yeah. Do you, do you wish you would have had NIL back in the day when you were playing? Yeah. Hell yeah. I want <laughs> back pay. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I want back pay. You know, I want them to, to assess what my value would have been then and write me a check for, you know, the five years I was in school. You know, and yeah, that's just wishful thinking. You know, obviously, like, I wish I could have got some money, but because, you know, I didn't make it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there was a period of, of time after college where I was, like, beyond broke. So, you know, that definitely would have helped me out. But, you know, it is what it is. Made me stronger, made me, uh, a better person in the long run, I think. Yeah, now I want to get into like that in a little bit about how you got into that. But I want first off, keeping last thing with like going on football. So you, you played, you know, football in UFC. You've been all over, you know, the country at different venues. What what would you say is the favorite venue you've ever played at? Um, outside of Brian Denny in yeah. Tuscaloosa, uh, for sure, Death Valley LSU Stadium. Now we played it. We played them in 2008. The game went into like triple overtime. Um, you know, the, it was so loud, like it registered on the Richter scale. You yeah. know, so um, the people are cool. You know, I, mean, I remember like, you know, driving, you know, through the, you know, through the campus or whatever on the bus, you know, from the hotel to the, to the stadium or whatever, and you know. There'd be little kids, uh, you know, people would be shooting us the bird. And, yeah. You know, I remember looking down at a stroller and I couldn't even see the baby's head, but I could just see an arm with a little baby middle finger sticking up. That's crazy. <laughs> the other team fearful, the visiting team fearful and all those things. So and I just always appreciate it. Uh, and I hope it's like that when teams come to Brian Denny, you know, I don't necessarily think they need, they, babies need it be flipping yeah. people off and whatnot, but, you know, they need to make the other team feel uncomfortable. They need to be super loud when they're on offense. You know, they need to do that kind of stuff, try to intimidate the players and whatnot. So I just always appreciated that part of their culture with their football.
Yeah, and it adds to that atmosphere. So is it weird for you going from like a huge team sport with like that kind of atmosphere to one of the loneliest sports? Like it's just you out there in the UFC. Um, man, to be honest, everybody talks about uh, me being a football player that turned, you know, that started fighting. But all along, I think I was supposed to be fighting. I just hadn't found it yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, like growing up, I wrestled. Um, I always thought that, that was my favorite sport, you know, growing up because I do like the camaraderie. I do like the team aspect of football, but man, I don't want to depend on anybody to make a tackle, make a catch, make a throw. Yeah. You know, whatever, especially when the game is on the line. You know, I want everything to be in my control. So, yeah, I, I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer. Uh, individual sports because like I said I still have like training partners you know what I mean there, there still is that locker locker room atmosphere and vibe with MMA because I can't get better with training by myself you know if I just hit a bag and you know train arm bars on a on a wrestling dummy I'm not going to get any better mm-hmm. you know I need partners to like simulate you know my opponent I need training partners to you know, not necessarily take a beating, but, you know, spar me and fight me and, you know, do all those things. So, yeah, it's very much so a team sport. The competition part is the only part that – and that's what I like most about the sport. Yeah, you, you kind of, like, talked about, like, you know, why you like the sport. But, like, what really made you, like, want to get in MMA? And, like, you know, it's probably got to be amazing to think about, you know, a few years ago you weren't even, you know, doing that. And now you're in the UFC. Um, to be honest, like when the football thing didn't work out, I thought that I would come back to Alabama, um, and have me a cush little corporate job, you know, you know, selling medical equipment or, you know, something, um, didn't happen like that. Ended up being a janitor, ended up being homeless. I already had a kid. So, um, I just needed, I was fighting all the time, abusing drugs and alcohol. Um, so I just needed like a healthier way to blow off steam, you know, and uh, I started with jujitsu, trained jujitsu like three times and I saw some dudes sparring and I was like, what's up? And the coach was, you know, asked me if I, excuse me, if I knew how to fight, you know, you can't ask any kind of 24 year old male, who's just especially one coming from, you know, winning a national championship the year before or two years before whatever the time in between was like yeah I could fight and then I fought somebody who knew how to fight and realized I didn't know how to fight yeah and uh, I fell in love with it right then and there so yeah I, I truly do think that I was made to do this born to do this and this is what I should have been doing the whole time yeah no that, that's amazing um so I like to do this. I like to find a fight from a long time ago and ask you about it and see if you know anything about it. So you had a fight in 2015. It was in Montgomery, Alabama. Dude, do you remember that fight? Demarcus. Uh, you got Demarcus Sharp. Demarcus Sharp. All right, cool. I was, I was thinking Sharp, but I wasn't sure if it was. That was right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Demarcus Sharp. Yeah, what about it? Uh, so that was like your second pro win. What can you kind of tell us about that fight? Anything you remember? Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy, you know. The uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I could tell you about that fight. Um, yeah, so first of all, I was kind of sketched out because the promoter sent the contract with the 
purse blank. There was no pay. And so I called the dude. I was like, what's up? This ain't got, yeah. you know, no money. And he was like, oh, it's whatever, you know, just put what you think you're worth. And so me, I was going to put like 5,000 and 5,000. And uh, my coach was like, nah, don't do that because, you know, you want to be invited back, you know, blah, 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 blah. You, you know, no one wants to feel like they're being taken advantage of. All right, cool. So I think I did like five and five or four and four. Or yeah. Four and four, actually, I know I did. 400 and 400. Yeah. And um, I missed weight. Dude took the fight anyways. You know, we get to fighting. I knee him in the nuts on accident, you know, unintentional foul. And, dude, they run it out like this big gymnasium, but they didn't sell very many tickets. So everybody, like, they pushed everything close. So everybody had, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, people were, like, sitting on top of my corners. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And uh, dude, the dude's brother... In between, like, while he's getting his rest time, he was like, Birmingham, you suck. Eric, you suck. And he, he just, he was, like, obnoxious with it. So I was like, what's, he's like, what's up? Yeah. Uh, did this thing cut off? I just got a All phone right. call. So You're I don't good know. now. You're good. You're chilling. All right. And, um, yeah. The, so he starts, like, popping off. And then, so I start popping off. And, you know, I almost got a fight. During the fight. And uh, obviously, I'm in the cage. He's out there. So, for, you know, the chance of anything like for real popping off is like none. But uh, and then we fought. And then, and, you know, I won unanimous decision. Uh, Marcus was super cool. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, good fight. You know, he really didn't care about the missed weight. You know, I don't know what he's doing now, but, but you know, whatever he's doing, I'm sure he's doing well at it. And, uh, again, I almost get in a fight with his brother outside the cage. Because, you know, he just watched his brother get beat up. So, he fucking, you know, he's all emotional yeah, and shit. I get it. Off. Yeah. And I missed weight. Like, I get it. If my brother, you know, if roles reverse, I'd be mad, too. I'm not an asshole, so I probably wouldn't be yelling at the dude during the fight. But then, and here's the kicker. The dude writes the check. I cash the check. I deposit the check and spend all the money. Two days later or a few days later, I go look at my account and I'm like negative 1600 in the hole or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. And I was like, what? What happened? The check bounced. Like I didn't get paid. So like I spent the $800 and for every, like I deposited the check. They said the money was in there. So I... Spent the $800, and for every transaction, the bank hit me for a $36 overdraft fee. Oh, wow. Because they said it was in there, then the check bounced, so I act like it was never deposited, and I was just, like, running it up. So, dude, I called the bank, and I was like, hell no, absolutely not. This is y'all's fault. Y'all said the money was there, and I got in this long argument. Long story short, I was, you know, I was just like, you know, I'll pay you the $800 back for these overdraft fees. That shit got to go. Yeah. And, you know, they saw my way, and then the dude was never found or heard from again. So That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. I was like, and they're supposed to have, like, an insurance bond, to, like, to cover the purse in case shit like that happens. But 
I never saw it die. Yeah, I heard about that, but I didn't really know it went on like that. Um, I want I, I want to talk about something upcoming for you. So your upcoming fight at UFC 289. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'm fighting uh, Mark Andre Barrio, uh, a Canadian fighter. You know, so um, he's like aggressive, like he likes to move forward. Um, he wants to make it a firefight. He wants to make it a dog fight. You know, and that just so happens to be your boy's forte. Yeah. You know, so if you really, if you want to play fire with fire, then you know his ass about to get burnt. Yeah, so how's it go, like, how's it go, like, you finding a fight? Did you just basically wait for a call, or are you always, like, actively pursuing one? How's that go? Oh, it depends how I feel. Like, I'm a little bit older now, so I break easier, you know? So, um, I, I, I just tell my manager, like, when I'm trying to fight, or if I see a card that I think would be a good place to go fight or whatever, then, you know, I kind of, like, yo, I want to fight here, or... I want to fight this guy. Sometimes I have called out a number of my opponents, whether it be on the microphone or, you know, text messages with the matchmaker or my manager. So, yeah, there's a number of ways those things get matched up. You know, they get to do a good job of, you know, keeping fighters active, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Final few questions. I don't want to take too much of your time, but when camp's coming up, how do you run your camp? Um. Uh, I'm over here training at the lab now. Uh, it's my first camp with them. Um, and they do a good job making sure I'm prepared, man. You know, uh, like the practices. I drill a lot. Um, you know, the two or three keys, I think they're you know, the easiest path to victory. Two, you know, the three or four things. Excuse me. No, three no. or four things that he does really good. Um, and will do most often, so. You know, they're program responses. So, you know, I don't have to think very much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's your, like, walk-around weight? And, like, what do you do for, like, cutting? Um, well, you know, my diet's a really big deal uh, for cutting weight. Um, I finally got that figured out. Yeah. <laughs> The diet thing. I used to do that. I used to do like just not eat for two weeks and you know run you know a zillion miles a day and just kill yourself trying to make weight. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, when you do that, you're gonna have a shit performance. So um, I really just like monitor my weight, cut out like the sugars and sweets and stuff, and you know, drink water instead of beer. And, you know, I don't spend the whole fight camp cutting weight. Mm-hmm. So my walk around weight used to be like 235, 240, but now I try not to get above 225, which you know, that's a big deal. I'll let the extra 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. Is it, is it hard? Cause I know there's like, a, you know, when you talk about all these things that go in and, you know, a fight and then like fight week comes, you have like media and all this stuff. Is it hard to like stay focused on the fight sometimes with all this going on? Nah, not for me, because, man, you'll see, like, your opponent walking around the hotel or, you know, for me, I have the most free time on fight week. Like, I'm not training. I may do something once a day, like, move around uh, for an hour. Yeah. You know, I really don't care about seeing the city. I used to, 
uh, want to go out and see the city that I was in. But now I really don't care so much. You know, I get I stay off my feet, rest a whole lot, and uh, watch a lot more film on flight week. So yeah, well, yeah, flight week for me is cool. Yeah, well, last question. So this one's always a hard one. So when your career is over down the line, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, it's the guy who showed up every time, win, lose, or draw, and put on a show. You yeah. Know, all we know is like an entertaining fighter, probably never going to have the belt. So, you know, that legacy is, you know, uh, not realistic, I guess. But, um, you know, it really makes me feel good when I'm walking down the street and someone says, hey, are you Eric Anders? Big fan. I love the way you fight. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, there's no bigger compliment because... You know, not everybody gets to win them all. You know what I mean? But what you can do is show up, fight, and win, lose, or draw. You know, I think as long as you have that entertainment factor, you know, it's uh, people will, will remember. Yeah. Well, Eric, I know I'm a Ohio State fan, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I know I'll be watching the fight. I'm rooting for you, and I appreciate and hope to, you know, keep in touch, have you on potentially down the line. Well, dude, hey, roll tide, brother. <laughs> I'll see you, man.